So Keanu, Matt, I've reached into the pile and grabbed a question for everybody. What was your most regrettable hookup? Ooh, uh, probably with uh, Sandy Silverstein on top of the muffins in the back of a bakery. That was rough. Can never have a baguette again. Changes uh, you. <laughs> yeah. I got drunk and had a threesome with a fellow student at, when I was in the military, and I ended up jumping naked out of a hotel window, and it made the newspaper. Keanu? The most regrettable hookup was Sandra Bullock on Lake House, not Speed. Okay. <laughs> Important distinction. Okay. Matt, it's your turn. Let's see. All right. Here's a good one. Who on this podcast would you kill? Matt. I would also kill Matt. Thanks. Thanks, guys. But what the hell? <laughs> Welcome to Off the Film Path. Here we review and discuss movies that, for better or for worse, are less known to the general public. Today we are discussing 2019's Always Be My Maybe. I'm Kyle. And I'm Sophia. And I'm yes, Matt. we have Matt back with us. <laughs> Matt's back. Hi guys, how's it going? Matt, is this your three-peat? I think so. I want to say, yeah. I think I was thinking about this earlier because it was like we did Sorry to Bother You, Big Time Adolescence. For some reason I want to say there's another one in there, but I can't for the life of me remember what it was. Me neither. I know you had wanted to do Tiger Hunter, but because that was the one after Sorry to Bother You, we were like, oh, we can't do a bunch of uh, non-white stories with three white people. Maybe, maybe that's what maybe that's what it was. Which, mm. oh, well. hey, we're, we oh, had well. one in the middle, <laughs> so now we're back at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. Here, here we are again. It's fine. <laughs> Big Time Adolescence was the whitest movie of all time. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, without a doubt. That just reminds me, Griffin Gluck, who plays Mo, is also in the, I think it's a Netflix movie, Tall Girl, which apparently got a fucking sequel. It did, for absolutely no reason. so many sequels to bullshit on Netflix. Shake, shake, shake the money tree. More proof that they will greenlight literally anything. Yep. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I mean, once you've made what is the... Gone with the wind of, of our generation, I suppose, you know, you where you go from there is Tall Girl 2. <laughs> for Alexander Wept, where he had no more movies to direct except Tall Girl 2. This is this is so unrelated. Why are you doing this is my fault, I know, but God, that's a tangent. This is your fault. No, it's it's fun. Yeah. It's fine. Netflix movies, it's it's all relevant. Yeah. Right, so this movie was made at the height of Ali Wong's meteoric rise to prominence in, was 2019? That that does not feel long enough ago. Yeah. It feels like it was longer ago than that. Well, you know, it's been, nothing's happened in the last three years, so. Absolutely nothing, and I won't be doing any research into that. <laughs> Wait, no, I think a boat got stuck. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, two. Right. Two. There's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> This one, this one's outside of the channel though, so it's not going to block up traffic, which kind of sucks. I think every once in a, every couple of years, we need a reminder that basically the entire global economy is vaporware, and that was that was fun. 
So let's talk about this movie. Yes. That's literally. I saw this movie on a second or third date, which was not the worst decision. Okay. Comedy movie on a third date. It's better than an Indian dinner. Yeah. I like this. I thought this was a cute rom-com. Like, I think that's a solid, like, third date. That sounds about right. You know? It's got got some laughs. And it also, like, just come out. So it was like, oh, hey, do you want to see this? Yeah. Like, I've been wanting to watch it. You've been wanting to watch it. Hey, let's just watch it. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It was fine. <laughs> I, I, I liked it. I did the same thing. I was like, eh, I've never... This looks good. Let's throw it on. I, like, I enjoyed it. It's like, this is the second time I've watched it. Third time? It might be the third time I've watched it. And I've liked it every time, so I can't complain too much. Because I'm a professional, I did watch it twice. Nothing really jumped out to me on the second viewing. But, I mean, it's a comedy, and, you know, it's not a deep comedy, and, you know, comedies rarely are all that deep. Fair. So, yeah, I want to I want to preface this by saying, if you have seen my spoiler-free live tweet, you may come away with the impression that I did not like this movie at all. That's not necessarily fair. You caught me at a bad time. (laughs) I did have a bit of a doomer moment when I realized that, like, I had been tweeting for hours about this movie and I had covered about 30 minutes of of movie (laughs) time. That threw me off so much, Ricky, that you. It was like (laughs) two hours later, and I'm like, wait, wait, you're just now getting to this part? (laughs) Yeah, because I have trouble, like, tweeting while something is happening like my brain stops my brain is paying attention to the movie and like not to the tweeter the tweeter yeah so yeah i did like i paused it typed my zinger and went back to it and that's why it took me four hours to watch this fucking movie the first time that's how i type my notes (laughs) Mm. yeah let's just jump in shall we let's do it. it so our opening credits are done with like one of those kiosk photo booth photo strips which i thought was a one it gives us the names immediately thank you i really appreciate when movies do that yep two i thought it was a really nice way of showing that they've been friends for a long time Mm -hmm. definitely and also to address something sophia tweeted out ali wong was not 12 in 1996 true i don't think randall park was either no yeah as it turns out ali wong is like two years older than me and that's that's always a weird thing to see people roughly my age like being famous for something other than TikTok bullshit. Very strange. Surreal, in fact. That's fair. I get that. <laughs> I think Alexandria Casu Cortez is like two years younger than me, and that's also very surreal. Well, we do a fun flashback, as I said, to nineteen ninety-six. They're about twelve. They're about twelve. And it's San Francisco. And Sasha, the female lead, she comes home from school and parents have left a message on the okay, kids. It used to be that there was a box. Oh, no, we've talked about voicemail machines before. Yes. Down in Go back and listen. <laughs> Everyone knows what. No, that's just a joke. So yeah, it does. So her parents work in a, an Asian cuisine restaurant and they left a message saying, hey, we're going to be late tonight. We get the impression that this is a fairly common thing. We get the impression that Sasha is good at making food. She makes, it looks like spam and rice, but garnishes it particularly nicely. Which is a good setup for when we learn later that she is a professional chef. Yes. So then 
her neighbor and bestie, Marcus, comes to the door, asking if she wants some soup so he doesn't have to carry it in a thermos to school, because that is embarrassing. I thought that was really funny. That was was really funny. can't be the thermos kid. They only sit with other thermos kids. And those guys suck. (laughs) (laughs) And then she slams the door in his face. But But it was a joke. Like, she opens it up. She's like, I thought you did that for real. Like, wouldn't it be funny if I did that for real? (laughs) And he was just, like, so heartbroken. Like, I thought you did. (laughs) Yeah. And then together, they go over to Marcus's house where Marcus's mom is very clearly, like, fostering Sasha's love of cooking, like shows her little things in the kitchen, says something about like Koreans use scissors to cut everything, like weird little tips like that, that she probably wasn't getting at home. Mm-hmm. And then we have this really cute sequence where they go to like an arcade kind of thing. And they have a fun night out on, out on the town, which they're like 12, just roaming San Francisco by themselves. It's the 90s. It's the 90s. Oh, how things have changed. So you guys don't remember the 90s, huh? Uh, Well, I mean, I was born in 95, so... Right, so in the 90s, this probably would not have happened just because, like, there was... Off the back of the satanic panic of the late 80s and early 90s, we also got the, oh my god, strangers are going to kidnap your kids and rape them to death in a windowless van thing. So I have a hard time buying this, but sure. But it led to some cute moments. They it got did. a they got a cute little like photo booth thing. But it's not like I don't know. I don't know what to call it. But it's like, like a, a photo reel, like a little clicker. Oh no no no! Yeah, it's uh, like you're a, right. It's it was like a photo viewer. They used to have like the wheel ones. Mm-hmm. This one was a little different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it was with the the pictures of them from the photo booth. That's just really cute. And then we see them like grow up and staying friends real quick. Did anyone think that the young girl who played Sasha looked exactly like Miranda Cosgrove from Drake and Josh. I did not think that, but I, I get what you're saying. When, when, you, when you see it, there's a couple of times where she does that like half smile thing that Megan does, where she's like, like specifically where she's like sitting at that computer, like super satisfied with whatever mayhem she just caused. I look exactly oh. the same. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know what you're talking about now. God, yeah. I'm so old. So we have one have in quotes as young Marcus and young Sasha, because these are Randall Park and Ali Wong uh, supposed to be like 18. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Young, quote unquote, young Marcus looks pretty damn good. Young Sasha. Eh, she got braces and it, it's rough. She's got braces. She's got bangs. She clearly cut herself. It's, it's not ideal, but real abruptly we find out they do fuck. What? Hmm? Oh, what were you going to say? That we find out that Marcus's mom dies? (laughs) Jesus. Wow, I skipped a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, It's kind of the big thing. That leads to what you (laughs) said. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, Marcus's dad is like this, this very... I think probably prototypical Asian older dad kind of thing. But he's, he's, you know, he's normally pretty cool about everything. But yeah, he he finds Marcus and Sasha on this date that they're having like out on a pier or something. And it's obvious that something's pretty freaking wrong. Like when when like you see him, 
And yeah, it turns out that there was an accident and Marcus's mom died. Very ambiguous accident. But we go through the whole like consoling process. Very sad. I think also like Sasha is feeling the loss of a parent too because they basically grew up together and Marcus's mom was more of a mom than her actual mom. But she doesn't really get to like grieve for her because she's too busy playing strong woman for Marcus and his dad. So they leave, end up in a car listening to D'Angelo, <laughs> which anyone who knows who D'Angelo is can figure out what happens next. So this was the point where I tweeted something kind of personal and embarrassing. The upshot is that I've also severely misinterpreted romantic moments in my life. To D'Angelo? To D'Angelo? No, I didn't do it to <laughs> D'Angelo. Disappointing. No, there were other options, let's say. Very good. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. But yeah, upshot is like Sasha's feeling it and she goes in and kisses Marcus and Marcus is just kind of like, for a second you're, you're thinking that Marcus is going to be like real weird about it because like his mom just died. But no, they get over that pretty quickly and, and you know. Fuck. They fuck. <laughs> they fuck. They, they do what teenagers do at night in cars alone on makeout point. They fuck. <laughs> and then it gets weird. <laughs> God, that afterwards scene is so... It is perhaps the most awkward post-coital scene in any movie. It is so painful. These two, one of them clearly is weird at sex. And it's never addressed. <laughs> like, it's never addressed. Like, through this entire movie, they don't have a post-coital scene that, where they're not just like, huh, okay. Well, <laughs> that happened. Oh, my God. Moral of the story, it doesn't go well. Neither one of them is super responsive to it. So they go get food at Burger King. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And it only gets worse. They start blaming each other for making a move. And then Marcus says something horrible about, like, Sasha doesn't understand how he feels because it wasn't her mom who died. And Sasha storms out. And then that is the end of the friendship temporarily. For, like, 16 years or something. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Whatever it is. Yeah. Horrible to each other. Like, they are close enough that they can be excruciatingly mean to each other. Well, it was, yeah. like, it was, it was such a weird, like... Like, you rip the band-aid off and storm out moment where, like, there was never, like, an attempt to, to reconcile things. It was really just like, oh, we crossed that line and you were a dick about it. So, I am done. K-bye. Which is, it was very, like, for as close as they were, for how long they were, as, were that close. You're just kind of like, I would have thought you would have put a little more effort into trying to make this work. But no, I guess not. Goofy. Yeah. Now we're in modern day, so I guess 2019. Sasha Tran is running a very high-end restaurant in Los Angeles? Yeah, so she has become a celebrity chef, which, again, was, you know, kind of teased when she was making fancy food out of Spam and rice and learning how to cook Korean food with, with Marcus's mom. So, yeah, she runs, like, the kind of fancy Asian food that, like, the prices are not listed on the menu kind of fancy. Hate that shit. I mean, at that point, you know, like, I always go like, oh, okay, I can't afford this place then. 
if, if you can't see the prices, you know immediately it's too much for you to afford. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that straight up just reminded me of something that happened in Kim Possible. Where they go, mm. if you have to ask, you can't afford it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh my god. But her assistant is a another comedian, Michelle Buteau. Mm. Oh yeah. Veronica in the movie. Yeah, so this is a thing, like, we see a couple of flashes of them in high school, and Veronica is kind of, like, in their peer group. And Veronica has a lot of piercings and chains running between piercings, and it's wild. <laughs> we also meet Sasha's fiancé, Brandon. This is Daniel Day Kim, and god damn is he good-looking. My yeah, goodness. That is, that is a very attractive man. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. That's all you can really say about it. It's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they put on a good face for the press, and then they're in a limo and are not connected in the slightest. No. No. This this was the point where I, I, I started thinking a little bit about stereotypes and subversions of stereotypes here. And, like, I don't know. I, I felt like it was sort of playing at, like, the, the stereotype of, like, Asian couples being a little bit more standoffish and, like, not necessarily as physically intimate with each other as... It, it is a stereotype, and it's a nasty stereotype, but I do feel like that was sort of, like, something that they were suggesting here. Interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, Brandon is Daniel Day Kim's character's name. Brandon is just, like, super not interested, like, in any kind of physical or emotional... The, this the stereotype that I picked up off of it wasn't the like lack of like physical like closeness or anything like that. It was just the fact that like Sasha was like asking him questions and his only response was, Ugh. <laughs> mm. I feel like that's more like a dude stereotype. Yeah. Like w women trying to talk to dudes and then the best they get is a half-hearted grunt. <laughs> yeah. There is also a specific Asian man stereotype that we're, again, not... Yeah, yeah. Into. However, when the scene switches, I don't know if this technically counts, but it felt like a double diegetic switch because Sasha puts on music. It like mm. does a scene transition and then it cut. So it goes from diegetic to non-diegetic and then back it goes to, to Marcus and back and back to what? Back to diegetic. Yes. Okay. So I, I had some trouble tracking. So as it turns out, it's the next day. But yeah, it does switch back to, to diegetic where Marcus is bopping along to the same song in his, well, his dad's house. It's, to be fair, it's San Francisco in 2019. You don't afford an apartment. You just don't. No, you don't. He also is like, he's dancing to 93 Till Infinity, okay. which is just a phenomenal 90s song. If you don't know it, look it up. But it's all, that was the same song that sasha was listening to and he's he's doing the whole like breaking thing yep. and he's actually pretty good at it you know, shout out to randall park for yeah. being a, a decent dancer who would have thought who saw that one coming wait breaking like it as in break into electric boogaloo exactly like in break into electric boogaloo like if you watch the original breaking there's a whole scene where the one dude i forget his name but he's dancing with a broom outside of a storefront Randall Park is doing a lot of the same moves that he does outside of Starfront. By the way, in one of our much, much earlier episodes, we discussed Break Into Electric Boogaloo, and like I couldn't remember the the name of the guy who like 
produced it and then tried to produce King Lear with Jean-Luc Godard. <laughs> Menachem Golan is the guy's name. If you can find a more Jewish name, <laughs> Menachem, yeah. Menachem Golan. That's real. That's, that's, real. that's real shit right there. <laughs> so we find out that Marcus and his dad work together. They are, are they electricians? They're like AC. HVAC guys. Yeah. HVAC yes. guys. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So in discussing the work they have, Marcus says that he hates hipsters. It's like, bro, you're in San Francisco. Yeah, <laughs> like, how do you survive? Yeah. No, I was here first, which makes him a hipster. I was about to, I was about to slam down my hands down on the table, just like, what the fuck? <laughs> but that scene, that's not very long. We just see that like him and his dad are very close, and actually his dad's like not as uptight as you would expect. Really cool. Like when he when he comes into the when he comes into his room and he's like smoking weed and like break dancing in front of the mirror, he comes in and he's like, What are you doing? It's like, I'm smoking weed and dancing in front of this mirror. Why don't you join me? And he does. I was like, okay. Like, you don't want to expect of this. that. <laughs> Dance battle. It's amazing. Yeah. Cut back to Sasha and you dumped. Sasha got dumped. Oh, yeah. Boy. So all right. We should see other people is not a well. That was like that was like the third thing, too. Yeah. Like it wasn't even like the lead in. It was like, oh, by the way, I have to go to India for work. <laughs> no, he started with, I think we should postpone the wedding, and oh, then right, it was yeah. like, I have to go to India for six months, or I there's a cool opportunity that I yeah. don't want to pass up, and it's just yeah. like, all right, that's your priorities, I guess. So and then pulled some shit about like. He wants to be the best husband possible for Sasha. He thinks they should see other people so that they can be sure that each other is the one. And you're like, holy shit! He tried to pull some slick shit, and it's so transparent. It was horrible. <laughs> Sasha knows, but she's be clowning herself, trying to fucking like convince Veronica that this is like legit, like this is a thing that's happening and it's fine, and like then cries in the freezer because obviously honk honk, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she's struggling. So she has to go back to San Francisco alone where she's opening a new restaurant. Mm-hmm. She flies out there and Mr. Kim, Marcus's dad, and Marcus show up to do the AC in a house Sasha's renting for six months. And we have the awkward, oh my God, I haven't seen you since the Burger King incident. And she transmits that she is still angry about it by being very warm and, and embracing Mr. Kim. But hi, Marcus. Been a while. How you doing? You know what's crazy about that scene? That's not even the most awkward silence. The most awkward silence happens a little before where Veronica and Marcus are catching up. And he goes, oh, you lost all your piercings. And she goes, not all of them. Yeah. And she just sits and smiles at him like... Just- they just stare for a minute and we're all just like, <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to tell you which ones. <laughs> she means clit. <laughs> hey, Sophia, did you notice the capoeira pull? Yeah, yeah, I did. Every I did. fucking movie we Every watch it has one. to pull some capoeira. <laughs> fucking Every Mindhorn did one. it. Mindhorn did it. Fucking, well, this movie. And then there was another one. What was the other one? Was it Killing Hasselhoff? Maybe? <laughs> Whatever. Oh my god. 
Fucking it's just crazy. exotic enough that nobody knows what the fuck it actually means. Yeah, that sounds about right. So they have this awkward interaction, and then Marcus's dad is like, hey, you should come see Marcus's band that's performing on Thursday. Here's a flyer. And it's the same band from high school with mostly the same people, except they have a new drummer. And <laughs> Sasha doesn't want to go, it, like, dismisses it initially. And I forget what happens in between there. Something about, like, she ends up eating dinner alone yeah. and decides oh. to go anyways. I think there's a scene in between where Sasha's working while Marcus is working on the house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have, like, some snipes back and forth. Yeah, about a phone voice. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, like, she, she's, she's insistent that she doesn't have a phone voice. And then she uses the phone voice on Veronica, who just real quick, like, doesn't even turn around and quits. Don't use a phone voice with me, bitch. <laughs> it's great. <sighs> great, great little one, too. Yep. At some point, I think Sasha was talking with Veronica, saying, like, oh, yeah. And Veronica's like, yeah, Marcus is a cool guy. And Sasha describes him as a stealth asshole. Great yeah. term. It, it really is. It's the quality. Because you know exactly who he's, who she's talking about, too. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you hear that term, you're like, oh, that guy. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm here for it. We all know a Keith. <laughs> <laughs> that was so specific and also so accurate. <laughs> so she goes to Marcus's show where it is. I, I don't even know how to describe their band. Because it's like... It feels like we're doing the same heightened reality thing as in Sorry to Bother You. Because these guys cannot for real be popular unless they're doing hip-hop for kids. Uh, See, I I thought it was more like, like, almost like stoner rap or like, like suburb rap. If you know the kind of genre I'm talking about. (laughs) Oh, like Hoodie Allen type stuff? (laughs) Yeah, like Hoodie Allen type bullshit, like <laughs> that kind of stuff where it's, it's, you just, you kind of bop to it and there's some like cute little lyric, lyrical lines in there and that's, that's most of it. Also, cannot let this pass by. We see podcast favorite Karen Sony is in the band. Hell yes. Don't worry if you don't. <laughs> You're not the only person on the podcast to not know who that is. Fine. He was in Unicorn Store, which we covered, but he... I missed that. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, I, lo- I love him a lot. And oh, one of his biggest roles was in Deadpool as... Yeah, uh, and he's... The, um, the taxi driver. The driver. Okay, cool. I, for whatever reason, I thought you were talking about the drummer. And I was like, I yeah. have no... So was I. I was like, I have no idea who who this person is. Is the I drummer know. Haley Kyoko? No, absolutely no. not. <laughs> The drummer. I think I'm just remembering when Haley Kyoko did Velma in yeah. some Scooby Doo thing, and this girl just looks like Velma. Yeah, a little bit. No. Yeah, that is 100% not Haley Kyoko. No. Okay. okay. I'm. Cu- I know who you're talking about now. I do. I do love him. <laughs> yeah. Also, read just a little farther in my notes. I said this music reminds me of Hoodie Allen. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is, man. Yeah. It was amazing. But there there was a scene in, like, the green room that we kind of skipped over, but there was just, oh, my God, Marcus. Actually, this is very important for Marcus's character. He is very reluctant to try anything new or mm-hmm. expand. They bring up cold brew, and it's like, yeah, you're hipsters. Like, how are you going to complain about hipsters? You're hipsters. 
Right. Well, and I think like what's the what's the guy's name? The guy we just neither one Sophia and I didn't know who he was. Uh, what, Karen Karen Sony. Karen. So Karen's like Marcus. Like you take forever to try something new. Like I told you about cold brew for a year, and then what happened after you finally try it? It's like I love cold brew. Now you love cold brew. And so it's very, like, very telling of who Marcus's character is. Also, the drummer girl, her name is Charlene Yi. And Karen Sony's character is Tony. Okay, Tony. Yeah. So Sasha's at the show. She immediately, like, relaxes, which is the first time we've seen her really, like, relax in the movie since she was, like, a little kid. Like, mm-hmm. she's, like, smiling freely and stuff like that. And they meet up outside of the bar afterwards, and it's, like, it's it's Tony, Marcus, Sasha, and I think Veronica's there for a little bit, and they're all talking, yeah. like, catching up, and Tony makes a fool of himself because he is, like, like Veronica says something about, like, oh, yeah, no, this baby is my wife, Denise's, and he uh, goes, oh, cool, yeah, like, I'm an LGBTQIA ally. Thank you for your service. <laughs> yeah, this guy is clearly not good under pressure. No. Which is so, like, he's in a band. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? But, so they have this, like, really awkward thing. He's so funny. Oh, my God. He really Speaking is. Speaking of this... awkward, enter Jenny. Oh, Jenny's great. Who wants to talk about Jenny? Oh, Jenny. I don't. Jenny is, like, Jenny is everyone's worst nightmare at a party. She's, like, the one, she's the one actual, like, over-the-top hippie chick who only talks about, like, transcendence and has really nasty dreadlocks. Crunchy ass. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the dreadlocks, yeah. So that's going to come back up in a minute. But, yeah, dreadlocks. I I do not want to get into dreadlocks discourse. Let's just say problematic. However, this girl, the actual answer is that she's oblivious. But she has some fucking balls on her because she says... Hey, professional chef Sasha Tran, let me cook for you. And then she has the audacity to put like, it's like Vienna sausage and which I'm 95% sure it's literally just hot dogs and spaghetti. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. That's what it is. And like, I understand why the cuisine was not up to par because her apartment is bonkers big. It's huge. Like, we only see, like, the kitchen, living room, and dining room of her apartment, and it is bigger than the total square footage of my apartment. Again, in San Francisco in 2019. So, she probably doesn't have money for edible food. True. Very, very true. Well, and she, like, her job is very non-specific. She, like, helps kids in need. Underserved kids. It's like working at a community. This is never addressed. It's really never addressed. You're like, because all, like, they're like, they met at some, like, poetry thing. And oh, yeah. she, like, doesn't, she helps underserved kids. And, but she has this massive apartment. And, and you're like, this doesn't Rich add up. parents. Rich, Rich parents. <laughs> right. That, or it, I think it might just be that movie bullshit of, we don't, we can't use a realistic sized apartment. Otherwise, oh yeah, it would no be depressing. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. That, there's no room for cameras. <laughs> yeah, but moral moral of the story: they have dinner. 
Sasha puts on a good face and pretends to like it. Marcus literally just spits <laughs> it out when he's not when she's not looking. Spits it out <laughs> immediately. So you know how we've talked about like relationships that we don't understand in movies. Like, how did you even get to this point? Yeah, is it those two? Yeah, I Marcus looks so miserable with Jenny that I don't understand yeah. how they yeah. got to that point. There's never like a good moment between the two of them. It's like from the onset, Jenny is just so over the top. Like she's super handsy with him at the outside of the bar, crosses the line with Sasha, just makes terrible food, doesn't like acknowledge him most of the time. It's like they literally were just like, we need to make Marcus's girlfriend the least likable person on planet Earth. I have a joke. I'm going to say two words of a three word phrase. And you're going to have to live with it. Gorilla grip. <laughs> I hate you so much. Would you rather I said the full thing? No. Exactly. Wait, but they, remember the part where she's like, Jenny was like, yeah, and we're married. And Sasha's immediately like, what? Like, Not in your like traditional heteronormative sense, but like spiritually and sexually. <laughs> You're just immediately rolling your eyes like, are you fucking kidding? My heart chakra is broken. Yes. <laughs> Straight cis people stop using the term heteronormative challenge. Because you're bad at it. It was funny. It, it was, yeah. Uh... <laughs> so, yeah, long story short, like, this is this is essentially a straw man built up so Sasha can, like, Sasha, who honestly is way too wrapped up in her work to be like a realistic, emotionally available person. Jenny is a, is the most ridiculous straw man propped up so that Sasha can just knock her down and then, you know, find her way back to Marcus. Movie shorthand. Yeah. It's fine. But after dinner, Marcus is walking with Sasha to his car to drive her home or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. We've all had a car this fucked up. Yes. But also, in this, they have amazing banter. So you can see why these two will eventually get together. So, I just want to note here that this movie was co-written by the two of them. Yes. And they're both, and they're both comedians, so I would expect the banter to be on point. Mm -hmm. And they do not disappoint at all. No. And they have solid chemistry. Yeah. Like you, can tell, you can tell they're, like, actually friends. Which is nice. Yeah. I always appreciate that in a movie. But <laughs> come to find oh. out they actually hate each other in real life. <laughs> right. Right. No, but this car is so ratchet, like the passenger side door doesn't open. He has to walk around. <laughs> yes. He carry he carries the, the fucking the tool to, to break into his <laughs> own car. That's just That's how the he only does way it. He get it. Well, and it's like it's twenty nineteen and Sasha's like, You're still like you're still driving this thing? And he's like, yeah, it's it's great. You know, same condition as 03. And then he unlocks the door handle and is just like, oh yeah, the lock stopped working in 2007. It's 2019. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, you're not, you're not that broke. Let's go. Apparently not too broke to have a fucking MacBook. Oh yeah. Well, so that, that's his thing though. Like his, his whole thing is that he can't let go. Yeah. So that, that, that's his entire character arc. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
Should this movie have ended with him getting a new car instead of yes. getting together I, with Sasha? I really wanted it to. I, there was there was a moment where I was like, when he like when he starts to fix his life, where I was like, okay, and you're gonna get a new car, and he doesn't. But I'm like, <laughs> no baby steps. Come on, you, you can't expect it, it. It it would be too much to change everything all at once. Exactly. Oh, this is actually important for later. Sasha gets a job offer to cater the rap party for a Netflix something or other, which love that they name drop Netflix because it's like, hey, we're the ones putting it on. You got to drop our name in there, baby. Do do you remember what the show was? It was something about Kevin James as a founding father, I think. Yeah, it it was like, yeah, it's the new show. It's the new Kevin James show where he plays a young Ben Franklin. Oh, I More proof Netflix will greenlight anything. So. I hate it. I hate it. So Kevin James actually did get a show. I what was it called? The Crew. Yeah, it was like a it was like a pit crew. Yes, wow. it was a workplace comedy for a NASCAR pit crew, mm-hmm. and it was very okay. Look, I believe that over like Ben Franklin. Yeah, yeah. Any any fucking way they go to, it's it's Sasha's cousin's birthday. Is that right? Sasha's cousin, or uh, no, it's um, Marcus's cousin's, no, no Sa- you're Sasha's. right, you're right, Sasha's cousin's godson's birthday? I, th- I think it's I think it's just his son, but okay. moral story, yes. It's, it's a, like a removed from our main people, so you don't actually have to care about these people, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and the important thing, though, is that like Sasha's parents are throwing it. Mm. So like after a whole childhood of leaving her at home to fend for herself they are throwing an entire birthday party for like the four-year-old of a cousin so (sighs) there's no tension there whatsoever but she invites marcus and marcus's dad they show up have a good time there's a diana ross impersonator there because she was because she is quote cheaper than beyonce (laughs) what's a diana ross impersonator Yeah, that whole conversation was like, why is there a Diana Ross impersonator at a four-year-old's birthday party? Because she was cheaper than Beyonce. Okay, okay, guys. But that is where Sasha gets the call from her fiancé, quote-unquote. Brandon. Brandon. And Brandon, basically, after not... (laughs) We found out that another part of their agreement was that they weren't going to talk for six months. And... He calls her out of nowhere and is just like, I don't think we've been thinking big enough about your branding. We can go global. And Sasha snaps and slings in a quite, uh, je ne sais quoi. It's a a great string of insults. Woman after my own heart. (laughs) Yes. Very Ali Wong. It's very Ali Wong. And it's it's a great string of them. And you know what else is very Ali Wong? The window is open so the entire party heard. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a few moments. Like, if if anyone is familiar with Ali Wong's stand-up, she uses a very distinct voice. And when she delivers these insults, and there are a few times, like, throughout the movie where she slips into this voice when she, as she's, like, telling jokes. And you're just, it was just kind of a weird little character thing where you're just like oh cool so Ali Wong like when she's funny she does this voice cool (laughs) I can't believe I forgot to bring this up Ali Wong wrote for Fresh Off the Boat that Mm -hmm. starred Randall Park yeah yeah 
Presumably that's how they knew each other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so where, where are we at? So they split. Oh, they go to the, the Chinese restaurant. They go to the Chinese restaurant. That food looks so good. It mm. did. And Sasha is like, why are we here? This food sucks. And Marcus is like, what are you talking about? I'm here all the time. And she tries it again. And then she's like, oh, this food is actually amazing. And Marcus says this thing. I was like, well, yeah, because like you think of this like your childhood. You think everything associated with your childhood was absolute shit. And it wasn't. You're just looking at it through a false lens. The quote is, painted your whole childhood with a shit brush. Thank you. So much more eloquent than whatever I just spewed. So, <laughs> Also, the food is better because in the... So this is a Cantonese restaurant. And all of the staff are, you know, from Guangdong, which is the region in China that, you know, Cantonese comes from. And Ali mentions, like, hey, do you remember they always, like... They always insisted that we learn, like they were always disappointed that we didn't speak Cantonese. And then Marcus just like, you know, starts speaking Cantonese to them, which by the way, it was fine. It was fine Cantonese. Like it was good. Do you speak Cantonese? A little bit. Wow. I did not know that. I know. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Continue. <laughs> yeah, a little bit because I'm ridiculous, but. She's a linguist and a cunning one at that. Nice. Well done. You made the joke. Yes. <laughs> Ladies. But yeah, so he does that and it gets better service because, well, you've made a connection with these folks who, you know, a lot of times folks who are, you know, fresh to the United States, maybe don't speak English all that well, find jobs at ethnic restaurants. And this is especially true in like, you know, Asian cuisine. So making an actual human connection gets better food. Accurate. Very this accurate. was a weird reversal where Allie, Sasha hasn't changed, but Marcus did in some way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and it, it's weird, like right after that too, like as they're walking to Sasha's car, she drives like a Mustang or something like that. Something super nice. She makes a comment about how she never had any parents growing up. And so she had to learn to fend for, fend for herself or whatever. And Marcus is like, no, you had, what are you talking about? Yes, you had parents. Like you're just using that as an excuse for something, which is the exact opposite of the conversation they had in Burger King forever right. ago, which is just kind of a. They are like committed to misunderstanding each other. Like anything yes. that could be misconstrued, they will. It's like being on Twitter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So they kind of like have this awkward hug and go their separate ways. And then that night, they like both think about texting each other. I think like Marcus is at some poetry thing with Jenny and Sasha's at the rap party. And they both think about texting each other, but they stop before they hit send. I think at this point, Sasha was like social media stalking Brandon and found out that he's shacked up with Padma Lakshmi. No, I think that was before, actually. I think that was what she was doing. Prior to his call. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. Yeah, because one of the douche things that he, that Brandon says on the call is like, yeah, Padme was making me breakfast this morning and had this great oh, idea. God, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, so I misplaced that in time. No, you're good. You're good. It was still a great douche canoe move, so. So they're having their evening activities. Someone approaches Sasha. We don't see who. We will find out. Cuts from that to Marcus and his dad getting massages. No, it's like I think it's like a like a skin thing. 
like they were yeah, they're getting like, rubbing all the yeah they're getting rubbing all the dead skin off of their backs like and stuff. some kind of spa activity yeah that's fair which did not expect to see in this movie no and basically they're talking about Marcus and his life and Mr. Kim Harry says you know I don't really like Jenny and Marcus is confused because he's never said anything before. And he says, well, no, now Sasha's back. And I always thought that you two were great for each other. So now that that's technically viable, or more viable, I should say, I don't think you should. Jenny sucks. Jenny. <laughs> yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, yeah. Well, and he's like, you should tell Sasha how you feel. Like, just get it out in the open and talk about it. Because you, you guys are so close. Like, just talk about it. And so... Yeah. Poor Marcus looks like he's on the verge of tears. Right, and and so he's like, all right. So he texts texts Sasha and is like, hey, like let's can you meet up at this place? And right as he's about to pour her heart out, Sasha gets really excited and just goes, I met someone, and the sex is amazing, like wildest sex I've ever had. Way too much information. Even if you're close <laughs> with someone, yeah, that was too much. Oh yeah, especially for like the first. Like, it could not have been more than, like, a week of knowing each other. Like, not that much time had passed. There was minus no Minus the 18 years that they... <laughs> yeah, minus the... Yeah, so, like, this is... Also, you're in a farmer's market! You're yeah, in public! Like, yeah, right, like, there are vendors right next to you. Like, <laughs> you have to... No one knows how to act in public! I'm sitting here watching this just applying Joker makeup... <laughs> Right, like you have to, you have to now turn to this person and go, "Can I have three limes, please?" Like it's just <laughs> so uncomfortable. Don't need a cucumber, though. Ayo, ayo, <laughs> right, right, like all these things, like. But for real, I do need an eggplant. Right, insert, <laughs> insert joke about a kumquat here. Like it's, like, it's it's just the whole thing. So. Yeah, it's awkward, and but she's like, let's double date, let's go to this thing. And so I go to this super uppity restaurant. I need to pause for one second because yeah. I'm realizing this. Marcus was about to confess his love. He did not break up with Jenny first, mm. <laughs> which is kind of weird, but yeah, fine. Which means that like they're still dating, so he can go on this double date. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird fine line. It's. They, they, I understand yeah. the impulse. It is chicken shit, but I do understand the impulse. Yeah. I mean, like, there is a non-zero chance that exactly what happened was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe don't burn all your bridges. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. So. <laughs> Fancy restaurant. Marcus looks like a huge asshole. <laughs> yeah. Marcus wore his, his prom tucked to this fancy restaurant. Yeah, so extremely douchey restaurant. Marcus didn't realize that, like, the cool way to dress now is, like, you are just barely not homeless. All of the waiters in this fucking restaurant are dressed like they dropped out of, like, I don't know, a Gap commercial from 1982 in Canada. What what, what does Sasha say? She's like, Marcus is like, I feel like an absolute asshole. Sasha's like, yeah, no, like... Rich people stopped dressing fancy ages ago. Now everyone only wears $1,000 shirts that look like they got them off of a homeless. <laughs> yeah. Yeezys. Yeezys. Exactly. It's at Kanye West. So <laughs> Sasha's here. Marcus is here. Jenny's here. Sasha's date is not here. And that's because for this movie, he needs to make an entrance. Yeah, he does. And, and he does. What an entrance it is. 
Yeah, he does. It is ready the ear, re- re- ready the the fucking gamer horns. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Entering to AWOL Nation's sale. sale. <laughs> Honestly, the most relatable piece of music in the in the soundtrack, and that is my most cancelable opinion. What? Oh, what? I'm sorry. I just I could not vibe with the soundtrack. <sighs> I think so. I have this. I have this opinion that I like. I really like this movie. I think if the soundtrack was different, I would like it significantly less. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Like, I, I, I think the, I think the soundtrack to this movie for me made like took it up a level, but also like it is I love all of the songs in it. So, but I don't it is, know. Yeah. I I have memories from the time period where most of that music comes from, and just oh, that's totally. I, I do not have nostalgia for that time that period. That's high school for us. I don't know if you can. Yeah, right. Well, a wall nation, yeah, but the other stuff. Oh, I see what you mean. Also, like I like I don't know, like I this is so off topic, but like I grew up on that stuff. Like that's just uh, like that's, okay. that's what my dad listened to. So that is therefore what I stumbled into. So well, that's fair. That's fair. It, so I have a lot of love for that kind of stuff. My dad yeah. just played the nineteen ninety six cast recording of Mamma Mia a lot. <laughs> which <laughs> hey, listen, it's a great soundtrack. There's only so much ABBA you can do it at one time though. That is correct. Anyway, Keanu seems like a pretty cool guy initially. You might also like Keanu walks in wearing a suit. He's the only other guy in that restaurant wearing a suit. It's very important that this suit is something that Tom Ford made yeah. for him personally. Yeah. Hold on to that piece of information. <laughs> we'll come back to it. Yeah. So so Keanu, like he plays himself times a thousand, and it is honestly it's one of my favorite cameos of all time. Yeah, like in the restaurant, he's like he's he's doing like clearly himself, but more. Mm-hmm. And, and so he asks he asks the waiter like calls him by name because apparently he's like on first name basis with the wait staff at this fucking place, which sucks. By the way, like that that sucks. I hate that. And he says. The most douchey thing possible is like, I'm wondering if you have an entree that plays with time, like the concept of time. And the waiter, sure enough, has something for him. He's like, yes, our entree tonight is venison sous vide. But you also get a pair of headphones that play a recording of the exact deer that this venison came from to make you think about death. It's it's the most pretentious, like uppity i don't even know like there aren't enough words to describe how horrible this restaurant is. truly very importantly marcus is for sure going to lose both of these women to keanu jenny oh god Gen- jenny, jenny is Gen- jenny like, immediately Gen- moist yes yeah. <laughs> thank you the male term is six to midnight <laughs> <laughs> so fast like Oh, yeah, and it just it does not. It does not go back. <laughs> She's no. just walking around with a, a heart on all night, and it's it's rough. Marcus is trying so hard. to Marcus the whole time is just like, what the fuck is wrong with everyone here? And the three of them are just having yeah, he the plays time the of their man. life. Yeah. But they show the meal, and it's so dumb and nothing that I'm like, I would rather eat fucking arby's 
Well, it's like it's like a string of things, right? Where it's like yeah. the first one is something about like fish flakes. And Marcus is like, you mean fish food? And he's like, no, no, no. We collect the dead skin cells that come off of fish as they swim in one of our tanks and then use it to season something else. And he's like, oh, great. So fish dandruff. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. And then they bring out like asparagus soup, the like the flavor of Caesar salad, like the monochrome meal, which is just like, the I don't soup even is know. Perhaps the most substantial part of this entire mm-hmm. bougie yeah. bullshit ass experience. Yeah. Their dessert seemed the most interesting where it's like, it's a bubble that like has enough yeah. density that you can like actually eat it. Yeah. It was like, like crystallized sugar or something like that. Yeah, it was like, like crystallized lavender sugar or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, that was the one thing where I was like, honestly, if that was at a restaurant and then people walked out with like a bubble blower and just kind of sprayed dessert I could get behind our that. table, I'd be like, yeah, I'm here. Like, I'd be like, give me, give me one of those. I'm not here for the price tag on that bullshit. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. For sure not. But if it was within reason, I would get it 100%. So they wrap up eating. They're chatting as you do on dinner dates. Mm -hmm. And at this point, Keanu's saying some shit. And you're not entirely sure if he's like a giant asshole or just an out-of-touch celebrity. Yeah. So the implication here is that Keanu doesn't spend a whole lot of time around normals and is like much like tony is to veronica because tony doesn't spend a whole lot of time around lesbians doesn't really know how to be and ends up making an ass of himself the impression that you get is that keanu doesn't spend a whole lot of time around normals so he doesn't know how to talk to and about how normal people live in a way that does not sound like incredibly douchey yeah accurate very accurate. They decide to go back to Keanu's as they're leaving. Sasha apologizes to Marcus because, like we said, some of the things Keanu said could be taken as very insulting. And she's like, no, he didn't mean it like that. And I'm like, bro, you are dick blind for sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, all right, so one of the douchey microaggressions is he goes, after dinner, he's like, I'm going to take a walk. I need to digest I do. I like to do this to digest. I like to food. stretch my legs after I eat. Uh, to stretch my legs after I eat. Yeah. So he does, and I guess Jenny goes to get like the coats, and while away, he pays for the the dinner. And when he comes back, he's like, "Yeah, you didn't even give me a chance to fight you for it." It's like Marcus, it was sixty four hundred dollars, and that's barely one of my residual checks for my hit movie Speed, but maybe a little out of your ballpark. And just like, fuck you, man. You could have just said that you could have left that last part out and it would have been perfectly fine. Like everybody knows $6,400 is not affordable for the average man. Mm -hmm. And you just be like, yeah, I still got a lot of money from speed. I took care of it. Yeah. You just kind of let it be. Yeah. But alas, I think. But then they go, then they go to Keanu's apartment and the douchery only gets worse. Escalates. It escalates significantly in the most fantastic of ways. I don't even remember what they... How about we play a game? It's it's like truth or dare, but more apocalyptic. Icebreaker. Icebreaker. <laughs> Fuck off. The first few times I watched this movie, I could have sworn he was saying Vicebreakers with a V. Huh. And I was oh. like... What kind of game would that be? That'd be that's, what, 
Right. Like, I feel like it, it sounded significantly more interesting. And then he was just like, yeah, no, it's a bunch of icebreakers in a bowl. And I don't know. That's, that's to be fair. They're a little, they're, they're a little edgier than your average icebreaker. Some of them. Some of them. Some of, some of them aren't. The less edgy is who was your childhood crush? Mother Teresa. Martin and King. Jenny says, ML- yeah, MLK. <laughs> And like you're at this fucking point, you're like, lying. These two are fucking made for each other. Oh, either yeah. they're lying or they're not. And in either case, they're, they deserve each other. A hundred percent. But Sasha to that question says Marcus Kim and Marcus is blown away. Marcus has no idea what to do. So naturally, Marcus is like, hey, I would like to unpack that a little bit. Keanu's like, dude, you're slowing, you're slowing down the game. This is best played at a pace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, it, like super douchey about it like oh yeah he, we're, we're we're beginning to understand that keanu is kind of a dick in this movie technically i will say he is right figure that out somewhere else in private yeah, yeah well especially when like like in you're context, with each other significant others right, exactly i was like you're with other significant others maybe this isn't a conversation you should have in front of them yeah but, but that's the game it's not fun if it's not a little true. bit awkward that's true but then it doesn't like the immediate question afterwards is like, who would you kill? <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. The, the one after that is, who's the weirdest person you've ever masturbated to? And I can't remember what everybody else says, but Marcus says, Princess Jasmine. You know what Jenny said? No, I, I forgot. Sorry, you tweeted it, so that's why Mao Zedong. Oh, Mao Zedong. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That's right. I did tweet it. Yeah. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, for. All none of you that have that have that followed the the live tweet. That's the context of Mao Zedong. Jenny rubbed one out to fucking Mao Zedong, which uh, not a handsome man. No. What is what does Keanu say? I don't think he answered. I no. I I think he did, but I don't remember what it was. Like it, it wasn't. Uh, yeah. It was something weird, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like atrocious. Kyle, you will be my hero if you can splice in Keanu's answer just in there. Yeah. Kyle here from well after we recorded. Turns out we misremembered the scene. Keanu did not answer, but Sasha replied with Gene Wilder. All right, back to the episode. But yeah, so so Marcus says Jasmine from Aladdin and Keanu. Which fair. All right. Yeah. Okay. First off, fair. But Keanu gets weird about this. It's like, yeah. you jerked it to a cartoon? That's disgusting, Marcus. Yeah. Fuck off. No, it's not. There were weirder things. There were weirder right. things. Especially Jasmine. Like, it's like yeah. a cartoon human. There were people That's who also true. Due to, like, My Little Pony. <laughs> right. Or, like, l- lest we get into the Nala situation from Lion King. Fuck. Like, it can be entire... significantly weirder if you jerked it to Iago from the same movie. <laughs> Exactly. Like, I was Iago in Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! The, the soothing sounds. <laughs> the aristocrat. <laughs> <laughs> there is see, like there are so many worst answers, and Keanu just jumped down his throat. Like now we're gonna <laughs> fight about this, and then, then we, we get on, who, yeah. who would yeah. you kill? And Keanu, without missing a beat, is like Marcus. <laughs> I would but, kill Marcus. To be fair. To be fair, this wasn't entirely animosity. He had a reason. It was a stupid reason, but he had one. A man should be able to face his own death, Marcus. 
Yeah, that's stupid. But then Jenny pipes in, she's like, I'd kill Marcus too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So remember what I said about straw men? Yeah. But because this is now getting to be a heated confrontation, Keanu is like, do you want to punch me, Marcus? Go ahead. Do it. Two things. One, at this time, the song Shine by Collective Soul is playing. Yeah. Amazing choice. (laughs) Just. Two, I said, don't fight Keanu Reeves. He knows Kung Fu. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah. Marcus is like, all right, I've got a dare for you. Why don't you break a vase or break that vase over your head? And he's like, this one? Yeah. And just does it without without missing a beat. And he's like, that wasn't so hard, Marcus. Now I've got a dare for you. Do you want to hit me? I dare you to hit me. And and so like he does. He's he socks Keanu straight in the face, and it's actually kind of glorious. It is. And Keanu's like, Yeah, yeah. Let's go. All right. <laughs> like, they start like fighting. Put he puts Marcus in a headlock and just does the like sleep. Sasha gets mad at him and he's like walking around doing like fake Kung Fu shit, trying to like, you know, I don't know what that was, but it's sort of like a cool down, I guess. And Sasha's like, we're out of here. And Keanu's just like, well, that that's unfortunate. At least let me call you an Uber. (laughs) Because even being the world's biggest douche, he can't help being the world's nicest guy. He's a nice guy. <laughs> I think Keanu Reeves had a lot of fun in this movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. He, this this had to be fun. Did. Of course he did. Like oh. that is yeah. As they're leaving, Marcus is like, Jenny, let's go. She's like, I'm staying here. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Jenny. Oh, that just, yeah. Yeah. And she she tries to put in some terms like, hey, he's a celebrity. He can help with the community center that I work at, whatever. You need famous people to get change done. Look at what all Leo DiCaprio has done for climate change. And I note that because I made it a great joke that I've seen before. Leo DiCaprio is fighting climate change so his third next girlfriend can be born. <laughs> I, I believe the, the actual joke in the thing is like... Oh, what has he done for climate change? What has he done for climate change? He's working, working on, on it. it. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Amazing. But also, like, super... Like, did anyone else notice that Jenny had bear claw tattoos on her tits? Yeah. No. It was or so maybe funny. I did at the time. It was it was just like a little stupid detail that I was like, ha ha. Is there, is is there anything else that you would that you wish to appropriate? Yeah. It made me laugh. Uh, <laughs> so Sasha and Marcus are in an Uber on the way home. Awkward as all hell. But they get to joking about how douchey Keanu is. Or something about how terrible the restaurant is. And then in another role reversal, Marcus is the one who makes the first move this time. Sasha made it in the car originally. And Sasha is like hesitant at first, like, uh, maybe not. And then she kisses him back. And they start going at it in the back of an Uber pool. We don't know it's an Uber pool. We know it's an Uber. So, like, there's a driver. And this was the point where I paused it and tweeted, like, oh, Uber driver. I see you. You are seen. And then unpaused it, and we actually do see the Uber driver, and he does look every bit as miserable as I would be in that situation. Uh, and then we zoom out further and see the dude in the <laughs> that it's an Uber pool, and the other guy's just like, I'm right over here. Well, and he's got, like, a bag of groceries. Like, he was very clearly just like, I needed to pick up some stuff for dinner. <laughs> yep. One thing that was weirdly that threw me for a loop, when they're, like, 
doing the pre-sex stuff. Mm-hmm. You know how movies do. For some goddamn reason, the thermostat was exceedingly prominent. Yeah, that shot was very weird and like, no idea what that's about. It was set at 70 degrees. I was like, bruh, could you just one down? It would have been uh, so funny. Just, just if you're going to do, if you're going to put it there, lean yeah. into it. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think it was that kind of comedy. I mean, I think if you did that, you would veer into a completely different style of comedy than I think this movie aspired to. Right. Fair. That's anyway, fair. so of course, because movie do what movie do, we cut to the after sex and instant they regret. Look, yeah, they, they both look like, all right, who did the weird thing here? Yeah. But this time they laugh about it because it was apparently much more enjoyable the second time around, which one would hope after 16 years. You would hope someone would learn something. So they have a cute little moment. They are together now. Life mm-hmm. is good. And then I don't remember what happens after that. I forget. I think it's just like a, a flurry of like, oh, these guys are cute moments. I'm not going to yeah. lie to you. My second time through this movie was last night after I got back from a bit of a bender. Nice. And I have no fucking clue where, like, what happens after this. I don't know. At one point, Veronica has her kid. They're in the hospital. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, she shakes that fucking newborn baby. Yeah, she does. Did she? Oh, my fucking it's God. Like, it's, like, very, like, it's not a lot, but it is just enough to kind of go, I'm honey. Yo. Yeah. No. No, no, no. no. Meanwhile, like, her mom is, like, angry because she's, like, cussing in front of her kid. Like, this yeah. kid who's asleep. And I was like, maybe that's not the thing you should be focusing on right now. Guys, there's... There's a bigger issue here. <laughs> but, oh, I think, like, and then we also see a bunch of, like, a bunch of shots of Sasha at Marcus's shows, and they have a new song, something about, like, a tennis ball, like, oh, bounce back. <laughs> one of these dipshits decided to help with the merch and bought tennis balls. And it's like, yeah. why any of that? He was like, yeah, obviously. I would just, I got a bunch of tennis balls with our name on it. And he was like, what? Why, uh... So he wrote, wrote a song about tennis balls. Yeah, to, to move the merch. Yeah. Hey, uh, sometimes that's how life goes. Exactly. But things are all well and good until there is a like a red carpet event for, I think it's like the opening of Sasha's restaurant in San Fran. And she brings Marcus and leaves him out to dry again with the clothing choice. So this is like the real? second, this is the second time where like they have left the house and she has not given him any kind of indication on what the dress code is. So, like... They're at a black tie event, and he's in a t-shirt and jeans like an asshole. Yeah, and she was just like, no, you guys will be fine. Like, you're fine. Everyone will think you're a K-pop star. It was like, uh, you need it. Like, you could, he couldn't get in the door because he didn't have a coat. That is not how these kinds of things work. Like, you, if you're gonna go... If you're gonna invite this guy to your world at least give him a fighting chance it really bothered me yeah for no reason but i was just like ah, you're not you're not helping things sasha like yeah so anyways and then well yeah and then she he like he's very uncomfortable the whole time like he doesn't want any of the food there because it's all like quail egg parfaits and stuff and she makes him hold her purse and as all of the reporters are like asking her questions about her breakup and stuff she goes, no, like, I'm here with my new boyfriend, Marcus Kim. And they cut to him. And she's just like, 
yeah, he's in like HVAC. He's just a normal guy. And the, you can see it kind of like stings Marcus a little bit, but she meant it as like a, he's not a douche. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't great. No, and honestly, he doesn't handle it with the greatest of maturity. No, he doesn't. It's more of that committed to misunderstanding and assuming yep. the worst intentions. I agree. So that's kind of like... But also, f- he's a big dumb baby about it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And he's, it's like the first of a series of like intentional misunderstandings. Mm-hmm. Like, because right after that, like the whole reason why Sasha was in San Francisco was so she could open this restaurant. The restaurant's open. So now she has to go to New York to do the same thing. And Marcus is under the assumption that she's just going to like come back to San Francisco when she's done. And she's like, no, that's where I like, that's where I'm going next. Like, I want you to come. And he's like, nah, uh, why would I? Actually, very funny thing. That moment made make a connection between me and Marcus and Sophia and Sasha in that. What? I'm, I'm about to specify Sophia, you're much more nomadic than I am. Oh, okay. That's fair. That's enti- That's all I meant by it. Okay. Just checking. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I've called you my podcast husband before. Like, I think we're, I think we're past the, you know, being weird about that. Yeah. No, you're right. Although I will say that it's not always been my choice. Right. But yeah, I, I, I do have a more nomadic lifestyle than most people. Well, in this case, Marcus has an anti-nomadic lifestyle, never wants to leave. And so it causes like immediate tension. Sasha's very, very upset about it. She walks out the door and is like, look, I love you. I want you to come with me. But you, if you don't want to come to New York, I just need you to say so. And he says so. And she immediately calls him a coward. Yep. Which is true. He's being a coward. Oh, for sure. And that is the, the big break. Of the of the rom com, they go live their separate lives in order to grow as people. There was something they said in the fight that I I don't remember the specific, but I remember the tone that I wanted to bring up. There is a very fine line between thinking someone you care about deserves better and implying that what they have is not good enough. Mm. Mm. Yes. Well, I think because I think it was like she started throwing things at him like you're so caught up in this life, like you are afraid to move on kind of thing. Like you won't grow the band you want. Yeah. It was, it was something about that. And Marcus took it as like, I'm sorry, I'm not good enough for you. She was like, the bar you play at is a shithole. Yeah. And you oh, could yeah. be at this other one. It's a, it's a tiny shithole. Yeah. And he was just like, I like this shithole. Why would I like, I, and it, there is like a line there between like liking what you have and, kind of like burrowing in comfort yeah. so and marcus very much is buried burrowed and as somebody who has indulged in quite a few avoidance behaviors in the past i have to say that this uh this this kind of this this rhymed with some stuff in my life so i was like oh okay you're <laughs> just being a pussy okay yeah yeah so it goes back to his dad's because he's like, well, I don't have anyone else, I guess. Oh, yeah. And Dad is with the Diana Ross impersonator. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. <laughs> and they do like a Rocky Horror reference a little bit. I missed that. Or they they say the names back and forth. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dad. <laughs> okay. Marcus? Dad? Donkey! Diana? <laughs> yeah, it's like this weird 
weird back and forth. But then I love that joke. It's so funny. It's good <laughs> every I, time. It really is. And then Dad's just like, "Okay, so we've all met. Yeah, let's uh, have dinner." So Marcus at this point is like kind of annoyed with his dad for not telling him, and his dad is just like, "Look, I don't need you here. Stop using me as an excuse to not live your life." Because like Marcus has been like, "I need to be your caretaker. Like I need to." be around for you to help you with things, help with the business, et cetera. And Marcus's dad is just like, no, you don't. Like, I'm fine. I can stick a needle in my own ass. I don't need you to do it for me. Little known stage of the hero's journey, getting sunshine blown up your ass by an older, I guess, mentor figure. Pretty much. But yeah, this this is a thing that, that you see, especially in rom-coms. Like after the breakup, they'll find somebody significantly wiser who will be like, Oh yeah, no, no, you're you're being stupid right now. This is the dumbest thing you've ever fucking done. And that sort of motivates the romantic leads to close the gap. Yeah. And then there's like we just see a series of like growth moments for Marcus, I think. Marcus getting his shit together. Yeah, he <laughs> like so well actually I guess he like he drunkenly ruins an audition first. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. He gets pissed drunk before an audition and then relieves himself onto the amp on yes. stage. Piss drunk. Yeah, he is piss drunk. And yes. <laughs> While asking where the restroom is. Yeah. <laughs> so has his bare ass out on stage. Just like <laughs> that, that felt yes. to me like, no, no, no. I know what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. I'm asking where the restroom is while I'm actively pissing on the stage because I don't actually give a shit about any of this. A hundred percent. And then his band gets mad at him and Great he's stuff. a selfish prick. Yes. Yeah. But then the turning point happens. He goes, you know, maybe I should do better. And he leaves a series of voicemails for Sasha. He like tells her that he moved out, that the venue gave him another chance to audition and it went way better and they did well. He like put all of their merch up for sale online and the sales were doing really well. There's something else in there, but if the movie had ended there, it would have been spectacular. Oh. Well, no, because we, we do need Sasha's closure. Yeah, we do need Sasha's closure. And Sasha's parents show up and basically apologize. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. They they apologize in the, like, like earlier in the movie, Sasha's, like, my dad's greatest fear is that I ever have to tip someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he, like, they they try to make amends for being bad parents at the beginning by, like, going to her restaurant in San Francisco, buying everything full price and also tipping the waiter as opposed to like, even like they make a show out of like, we had so many family pictures we could have used to get discounts, but we didn't because we wanted to support you. And Sasha's just like, okay, I get, okay. That, yeah. It's, it's an all right first step. Yeah. Yeah. But we're like an hour 40 into this hour 48 minute movie. So like, we're not going to see any more actual growth. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, except for this next part. Yeah. Who's got it? I'll take it. I've, I've been kind of quiet for the last couple of minutes, which is very out of character for me. So, yeah. So, Sasha goes to an event in LA. or No, New York. It's in New York. Duh. Mm. So, she goes to... She's getting a, an award from, uh, like, Food and Wine magazine. And so... Going to the event and everybody's 
you know, all the paparazzi are like snapping pictures and asking like, Hey, who'd you, who, who's your date? And, and she says, well, I couldn't, I couldn't choose just one. So, uh, I brought two, my parents and they are introduced. And then out of nowhere, Marcus breaks through the crowd of paparazzi and. Well, and, and so, so real quick, before we get oh, there, yeah. there are other things that happen to Marcus before that, including. Oh, he goes to Sasha's restaurant, which is like super, like an attempt to apologize. She's not there, but she walks, he walks into his office and finds all of the merch from his band. And she's been buying all of his stuff. She's been the one that's like, she's the reason why sales are through the roof. And like, they make a cute joke. Like she's been doing it under the name D'Angelo. <laughs> Call back. <laughs> and so he goes, Oh, I need to go. I need to go get this chick. So he goes and looks for a suit and he walks into Tom Ford and this is super disrespectful. The guy's like, look, I need you to watch your tone, bitch. I need a suit. <laughs> My good friend Keanu Reeves, he told me you guys were legit. I need a hookup. I punched him in the face. Just thought I should know that. <laughs> Just like, should know that. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, would you like champagne, sir? He's like, oh, no, thank you. Of course I want champagne. Pour it, bitch. <laughs> and then it's like, what, $1,600 suit? It's twelve thousand dollars. Twelve thousand. Thank no, you. The, Sorry, I missed a zero. The pants are twelve thousand dollars. Yeah, that's an that's an important distinction. Yeah, and he I would like, say that like this guy does it in perhaps the like this is the classiest like you're too poor to be in here move of all time because like I've been into some places where they looked at like, they looked down their nose at me and were like Walmart is two blocks over. Yeah, that that's how they do you at Cartier. However. Yeah, here he's just like, let me grab this tag for you. And just like very subtly shows the, the price tag. And it's like $12,000 just for the pants. And he full on spit takes onto the mirror. It's like, get it off, get it off, get it off. It burns, it burns. It burns, it burns. <laughs> and goes to a discount suit bucket. Suits and stuff. <laughs> like a men's warehouse. But but not men's warehouse. Like a step below men's warehouse. Yeah, yeah. men's warehouse is too classy for this. Yeah, and he gets like he gets like a three piece suit, and it comes for like two hundred nineteen dollars, and it comes with a, two free pairs of pants. Yeah. <laughs> so Which yes, is, that was that was the thing I asked people to keep in mind because we'd yes. come back to it. The Tom Ford thing, amazing, very funny. Don't shop at Tom Ford; it's overpriced nonsense. <laughs> Canceled. Guess where we're never getting sponsorship. <laughs> Oh, yeah, like Tom Ford would sponsor this. Look, you don't know, bitch. They don't do podcast sponsorships. Anyway. Sure? Yet. Yeah. Yet. Anyway, red carpet. Marcus comes busting in with his blue suit. Fucking love the blue suit. Accurate. It's quality. Yeah. And does a public confession of love. And that's the move. Like, is there anything really? They, I mean, after a- that, not really. No, oh, they get no. together. No, there's a really cute. Actually, no, there is. Like they. Oh yeah, they get, there is. They get together, and Sasha's like, "Hey, can I show you something?" And they go to Sasha's newest restaurant, which is like this oh, yeah. homey, like homey Chinese or not Chinese, but just like Korean. Asian cuisine, Korean, or, yeah. like this homey, like Korean restaurant, and it, all of Marcus's mom's recipes that she taught Sasha as a kid, and it's called Judy's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just like this really sweet like she wanted to make a restaurant that reminded her of home and Marcus's mom was the one that did that for her and it was just like this was it's a cute like tie in 
it doesn't it's really a do very much. cute yeah it, it is well, it's also cute. it's also a wrap up of her character arc because yeah. marcus was like oh you're so caught up in the like hope cuisine world yeah you've forgotten where you've come from yeah like i think like at the beginning of the movie when she's like talking about work she's talking about like it's trans everything it's like transfusion trans transnational or transnational transcultural or whatever it's just kind of like insert terrible descriptions of words that basically means overpriced and yeah and then that and then that, then it also wraps up marcus's character arc because he's now like able to accept that like judy was important to sasha as yeah. much as to him accurate and that's a good wrap yeah roll credits to mariah carey's always oh, be my baby again quality song Sophia. it was no no it was but like <laughs> Sophia was mid-eye roll before she changed her mind no okay no i'm still i'm still rolling my eyes because of the title of the fucking movie like oh stupid title discussion time matt would you like to start us off sure i thought it was a really cute movie like i think the like the tie-ins were really really nice i think the like could have done without some of it i don't know like i think i i love the soundtrack like for me the soundtrack is what takes it up a notch but i'm also very nostalgic for that sound Hmm. but it's very much i think you can tell it's an ali wong movie not quite to the same extent that like big time adolescence is a pete davidson movie but similar (laughs) so if you're not a huge ali wong fan like it might not be for you but at the same time it's a quality movie for a rom-com. It's it's pretty solid. It hits it hits the right notes. They're interesting characters. Keanu Reeves has an amazing cameo. Like I'd recommend it. So yeah, I don't know. I'd give it like a on a on a ten scale rating, probably like a six and a half, seven. We're not there yet, uh, Kyle. Let's see. There was a piece of this movie that shows that timing is really important. Mm-hmm. That was mainly the Keanu part, which is it's fascinating like how important timing is in life in general here's the thing though i think they should not have gotten together they were so incompatible romantically like i i kind of get that they were like oh they push each other to grow in different ways and that is a good thing for a dynamic like personally i want to find a partner who pushes me to experience life in a way that i would not naturally stumble upon but I think that they were just too different. So, like, I, I don't think they... Interesting. How, how does that work out? Like, because either Sasha gives up being a, you know, world-class celebrity chef putting up new restaurants in every major city, and that would make her miserable, or Marcus lets go of the block and, you know, leaves his satisfying, comforting life to make himself miserable somewhere new which is a thing he very specifically does not want so yeah there's there's no there's no way this works long term but i think like you could make it work long term like you would just have to have a base in san francisco because like like sasha would like uproot her life every time she needed to open a new restaurant when really like all it would take is like hey instead of you moving to a new place every time you're opening a new restaurant, like maybe you just only go there for like the last month or, and then like it would require 
Marcus to follow her for some of it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like there are ways you could incorporate those two lifestyles. It would just take a little bit of work. The problem is that like neither one of them has shown any kind of desire to make anything work. Yeah. And I think, I think that is why it is like a little unbelievable that they will end up happily ever after. But I get, I get how they end up together romantically. They just have different lifestyles. So I don't know if it's Ali Wong, Randall Park, or Netflix, but someone's a fucking coward for being like, no, we need to have them end up together. I, yeah, I think it was probably like, I think it was probably a little bit of like, hey, there aren't a lot of like Asian centric rom-coms. We should make sure they end up together kind of thing. You know what I mean? There aren't a whole lot of lesbian rom-coms either. And the ones that exist exclusively end with the leads not together. Like every single one. It's obnoxious. Thanks, Hayes Code. And I, I feel like that one is just like, I like, that is also unfortunate. Like you, you would think that just because like it yeah. has become a trope, but it is not a trope that needs to exist. Yeah. You know? That being said, if you're going to bill your movie as a rom-com, they should end up together. Also true. Like, it's like saying, oh, hey, I made a slasher movie, but no one dies. And it's like, yeah. then you didn't make a slasher movie. Yeah. Oh, people can get cut. <laughs> there, yeah. there's, there's been a couple of rom-coms where the, the two don't end up together. But they are usually like darker comedies. Yeah, like the, those movies tend to be less on the comedic side and more on the like romantic side. Mm-hmm. So I just mean like you should pay off the premise you're committing to. A hundred percent. So so 100%. fine. Do we have any other like actual analysis, or do we kind of just want to talk about our thoughts? Yeah, I've got some stuff. Okay, do it, do it, do it, do it. So what we've kind of been dancing around a little bit is a hedgehog's dilemma. So for the listeners who are unfamiliar with the hedgehog's dilemma, this is proposed by a German philosopher called Schopenhauer. And essentially, the premise is that in the winter, hedgehogs get cold and they want to be near each other. However, because of their their spikes, they can't get too close without hurting each other. And the idea here is like, an extremely German one where you have to find the appropriate distance away from each other. And like, you can talk about it as like happy mediums, but like, you're also talking about like your romantic life and maybe a happy medium isn't necessarily a happy thing, you know, in terms of a romantic life. So the, the idea of like hedgehogs hurting each other by getting too close feels, you know, especially in the, in the scene in the Burger King, beginning you know felt kind of kind of appropriate because i mean she was too close to judy kim to to realize that like well okay so you know marcus is actually going to feel differently and then marcus was too close to his mom to realize that you know judy was as much a mom to sasha as to him and so they hurt each other because they were too close so and, and this sort of this felt like the quest to find that that happy medium where they're close enough to be warm in the winter but not you know so close that they hurt each other and i don't think they i don't think they found i think it kind of cut off like 
in in the middle of that search because you know as we were talking about like there's only a couple of ways that this could work and the the ways that's presented just are not going to the ending as presented is the prelude to a breakup so you know that's sort of how i how i see this you know kind of playing out in my head which is a little depressing i guess but uh, you know rom-coms are pretty depressing for me so leave it to the germans to have really depressing takes on art yeah yeah i don't know i think that i think there's a little bit too of like there's a lot of shots being taken at like the elitist rich like celebrity centered world so i think part of it too is just kind of like a hey like it's it's cool to be a part of this and it's cool to like have taste but there is a line being drawn and you shouldn't like forget about the roots in which you came from yeah, there is absolutely a class analysis in this, but I felt it was like a little too on the nose. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But uh, hey, a simpleton like me got it. So no, it no, did no, its no. Job. I, okay. I, <laughs> no, I that just, was, it was, I just that was not it. a shot. I get it. You're good. It's not a, I did not take it as a shot. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> I but, did a Keanu. Um, Sorry. It's all good. I did not take it that way. No worries. Perfect. But yeah, no, I think it's like, it's a weird there's a lot of interesting little storylines here like because then there's also like marcus choosing not to go to college and staying to help help his dad's business is not like an inherently wrong decision or even him like living with his dad at however old is not like inherently bad but it's like it's kind of that like that fine line between enjoying what you have simplistically and being too comfortable so they kind of they like explore both sides where it's like never letting yourself be comfortable and always being comfortable, mm-hmm. which hits home for different people in different ways. So I will say that, that it, it did, I think it failed to really strike the nuance of like, yes, you can't like, it's not inherently wrong to not go to college and to stay home, but you have to realize that that's going to limit you. I think it could have used some cleaning up where like, there are a couple of things where they like chose to, lean into the comedy as opposed to lean into like the development of characters, but you can't blame them for it in a rom-com, you know, like it's, it's a good rom-com, but it is a rom-com flaws and all. So this is more of a general thought. I'm moving into that. (laughs) Yeah. It was like weirdly grounded for a Mm -hmm. rom-com. Do you guys get that sense? Not really, but I can, no, no, not really. I didn't get that sense. What do you, what do you what do you mean by grounded? I think more like character decisions and portrayals. I was like, oh yeah, no, these are real people. They get along great, but also can be huge dicks to each other and yes. know how to hurt each other. Like I w- I will say that one thing that I did notice is that like with the exception of Sasha, there aren't all that many people that have unrealistic jobs. Like, and that, that's a thing that you yeah. see in, in rom-coms a lot, like, especially ones that take place in, in bigger cities, is people will have nebulous jobs. It's very Barney Stinson, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> please. Yeah, so, like, nobody knows what they do, and it's, like, not clear how they make enough money to do all of this. So, like, I, I, do, I do enjoy that, with the exception of Celebrity Chef, like, there aren't any wild and crazy jobs that don't make any sense like everybody does something normal yeah well i think like to kyle's point about like being like character decisions being grounded having seen most of the netflix rom-coms that have come out 
they are all drenched in like the worst decisions imaginable by these people. Like they act so unrealistically that it's almost infuriating where you're like, oh, this was very clearly just like a decision the writers chose to cause conflict as opposed to like, this is actually how like a normal person would, would react. And I think that like with the exception of Marcus pissing on an amp in the middle of an audition, most of the decisions were very like very rooted in like, oh yeah, now this is, this character would have reacted that way. Or like this character would have gone into would have done this like those all made a lot of sense which was kind of refreshing i really i don't like dumb characters and in rom-coms you get a lot of dumb characters mm-hmm. so there were some great one-liners in this oh movie God, yes. it's usually just people are like exiting like you said don't use your phone voice bitch yes <laughs> don't use your phone voice on me bitch <laughs> the way tony excuses himself when jenny shows up after their set he goes i have to go vote <laughs> Very funny. Or they're they're in the room. It's like a, it's Marcus and Tony talking about the band, and they're talking about like what to do next. And Marcus is like, "Look, I'm really done with this meeting, and I want to smoke some weed, but I don't want to disrespect the process." Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, fantastic. Apart from the our two leads who are great, there's also a lot of like side characters that I love. The actors, Michelle Buteau is great. Karen Sony. I didn't bring up Casey Wilson. Her character does not matter. But it was nice to see Casey Wilson. She's doing the like decorating at. Oh, Sunday she's the, she's the Gobi yeah. chair chick. Yes. Nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was on SNL for one season and was in Happy Endings for all three. Nice. Nice. There you go. Also in the Long Dumb Road. Oh yeah, forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a thing. Yep. Okay. Anything else before ratings? Uh, I just want to reiterate that despite the extremely black-pilled, spoiler-free <laughs> tweet storm I did about this movie, I did actually enjoy it. It was it was fun and, and you know, as depressing as I typically find rom-coms because my brain's like, oh, this is how I'm supposed to react? Well, guess what? Now this is happening. So uh, aside from all of that, like, it was, it was a good movie. It was fun. And I'm embarrassed by my live tweet. So, yeah, I think, I think now, unless we have anything else... I have like just a real quick note yeah. that it's stupid, but Randall Park wrote all of the lyrics and music for the songs he did in this. Oh, damn. Yeah. That is not surprising. Yeah. my I have a, a video that I'll have you put in the description. It's a, a cipher with Rand, it's Randall Park, David Diggs, Wayne Brady. I forget. Like if you guys saw... Yeah. Uh, I forget his name, but if you guys saw Free Guy, he was the like the other developer that. Oh, was, who was like, also in Pitch Perfect. Yes, that guy. He's, that actor's name is Ukatesh. I don't remember his last name. Yeah, him and uh, some other dude I don't know, but it is so good, like unexpectedly good. The there's some quality quality lyrics, quality flows. It's it's fun. So, anyway, random fact. <laughs> Our actual ratings, though. Matt, would you start us off on enjoyability? Oh, I thought it's like a solid like six and a half, seven. Like I and admittedly, like without the soundtrack, it's probably like more of a six. But I'm like in terms of rom coms, like it's a solid like it's a uh, a light seven, I think. <laughs> so I'll give you seven. I was gonna go six and a half, so I think we're all like right around the same place. I like mm-hmm. it. On a scale of obscurity, with one being a Best Picture nominee, 10 being a literal student film, 
Where would we put this? Two. This was a cash grab. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to go like three or four. But just, and the only reason why I say three or four is because, like, I know sometimes Netflix movies kind of like fly under the radar, but it was a cash grab for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll this was like, two. hey, a famous person, let's have them make a movie. Yeah. That's real. Ali Wong is a writer. Oh, yeah. And she's, she's a good writer. Yeah. Like, her stand up is, is pretty good. Yeah, but she would have stayed in relative obscurity if she hadn't like gotten famous doing stand up, and then like this movie never would have happened if that hadn't happened. Right. Yeah. Okay. So true. As we wrap up our episode, we end, of course, with our pop culture pop out, a piece of pop culture we have been interested in as of late and want to talk about for a little bit. Matt, you are our guest. Why don't you start us off? So the the Randall Park cipher. Y'all should check it out. Randall Park spits bars. <laughs> what a sentence. But other than that, there's a YouTube channel called Wong Fu Productions, which is these, like, they've been around for a long time, but it, it's, like, these producers, storytellers, filmmakers, etc., like, basically just kind of doing their own, telling their own stories, and it's all Asian-centered. Like, it's content for Asians, by Asians, by Asians, for Asians, that's the phrase, I guess. So, but it, there's a lot of like Randall Parks and a lot of them. There's a lot of other like prominent Asian actors and act- actresses like Simu Leo Liu's in one of them. Harry Shum Jr. is in almost all of them. Like there's a lot of, they, they make some cool stuff. They're, they're worth checking out. If you like this kind of, they're a little cheesier than always be my maybe. But if you liked what you saw, you would probably also enjoy a handful of stuff from Wong Fu. They make good stuff. Okay. Okay. Similar in tone. <laughs> Kyle, you wanna you wanna do next? Sure. I have been watching a Hulu show called The Great. Ah, I've seen this. How do you? Li- I'm so curious because I know you love history. So how do you like it? It's a fun take on some stuff that isn't like it's well known, but like also a, a part of history that like especially here in the West. We don't talk about it in any great detail. Like we're we're vaguely okay. aware that Nicholas II was a person, and that Catherine the Great mm, did some stuff with horses, and that's that. <laughs> but I like it. It's fun. It's it's very fun. Yeah. So as it says, an occasionally true story about Catherine the Great, mm-hmm. starring Elle Fanning. Just well, ten out of ten. No notes. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Sophia? So I have been kind of obsessed with an Argentinian singer who performs under the name Taishi. She has, uh, I mean, obviously, like the pandemic has slowed down, you know, music production. But she recently released a video where she just like bops around her house doing karaoke. And it is, she's, she's got this like this, this really, it's mournful and and kind of pensive but also like really really i don't know it's relaxing is a good way to put it so i'll put a link to she has a lot of stuff on youtube i'll put a link to her channel in the show notes all right sophia where can people find you online i have a link tree but most the big hits are i'm on i'm always 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 on twitter at hemel karenina H-A-M-I-L-C-A-R-E-N-I-N-A. 
That is both a history and a Russian literature joke. I am on Instagram, Sophia H underscore MDT. I'm not super active there, though. I am on Quora, Sophia Helena Maestatrik. I'm also on Medium under the same. Please subscribe to my Medium account. You know, remonetize. I do Queering House is a queer media analysis project that I do on Medium. I also have the fifth columnist, my rogue political opinions, not affiliated in any way with my employer. I can say personally that I hate Joe Manchin's guts, but I can't say that, you know, in connection with, with my employer, because that, that would be bad. Leave it in, coward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, don't find me on Facebook. And I think that's it. Matt, I understand you're a ghost. Do you have anything to plug? I don't, you know. Just uh, be good humans. That oh, is, that is uh, my humble request. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I missed one. Dear friend of mine is doing a GoFundMe for the Transgender Education Network of Texas. For those of you who don't know, Texas recently passed a draconian new anti-transgender bill, essentially labeling any parents who are supportive of their transgender children as child abuse. And as of this recording, my understanding is there is a stay on investigations, but there have been child abuse investigations under that law, which was, it's, it's really disgusting. And while the GoFundMe has met its goal, we want to keep going. So I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes as well. Kyle, where can people find you? I am on Twitter. At Kyle the Giggles. I am on Tumblr and Letterboxd under Hebrew Hammer. Hopefully by the time this comes out, we'll be on Twitch under Hebrew Hammer with underscores between he and bro and bro and hammer. <laughs> I was not able to get the username without the underscores. That's okay. We're hey, living man. life. Them's the breaks sometimes. <laughs> These are the breaks. Yeah, I... Also... Sophia and I now have a Twitter account for the podcast. It is at Off the Film Path on Twitter. That is where Sophia did her live react tweets for this movie. Spiraling. Nice. Amazing. I love it. Yeah. I'm gonna try to do that. I'm I'm going to okay, I'm gonna be real with you. I'm probably gonna shift it to Thursday because I want to go out on Friday night instead of shit posting about whatever movie on Friday night. So I think I'm probably going to move that to Thursday nights, but there will be a regular coup of the account. I will take over and do my live tweet and then fuck off back into the ether. If you would like, there's a link at the bottom of our show notes where you can leave a voice message to appear in an upcoming episode. You can talk about the movie we're talking about. You can just leave a pop culture pop out. We'll throw it in. That'll be fun. I'd say what movie are we doing next time? But next time is our anniversary episode where we're not really covering a movie. We're just talking about what we want. Yo. I like it. We've got kind of a Q&A. We've got kind of just a, you know, chat. I'm actually going to be in undisclosed location that is not New York City for this. So that will be oh, fun. All right. Yeah. So that, that's two weeks from now. So, yeah, that will be, I'll be in somewhere else. Well, yeah, leave a voice message to 
ask us some questions. We're going to be recording a very few days after this episode comes out, so get them in quick, please. If you like the show, please subscribe, tell your friends about it, rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. Blow up a skyscraper and leave leave a link to the show in your manifesto. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. Please don't do that. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) What? And I don't know. <laughs> you went from, uh, yeah, I have this uh, blog where I post political opinions that are not affiliated with my uh, with my company. Also, blow up the skyscraper. <laughs> well, uh, no. Obviously it's not affiliated with her company. It's fine. It's not affiliated with her company. Yeah, just not the one where I work, please. Oh also, gosh. we're figuring out what movie we're going to watch next, but we will have Matt back for that. Yeah. Because stuck with me. That time I will be in an overseas undisclosed location. Nice. So thank you very much for listening. Have this podcast always be your maybe. I don't know. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh <good> bad. <laughs> that's all right. Leave it in. Coward. Goodbye. <laughs>